Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Thursday, December 14th. We are just a couple of days away from the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the New England Patriots in a week 15 noon kickoff showdown uh, as the Chiefs look to get back in the wing column and snap this two-game losing streak. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween, um... The injury report not really doing the Chiefs any favors uh, on Wednesday, but uh, hopefully we see some of these guys come up this week against the Patriots as Donovan Smith once again out of practice, Isaiah Pacheco out of practice with a shoulder injury, Leo Chanel and Mike Edwards both, both missed with an illness, and linebacker Nick Bolton, unfortunately, was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Hopefully that's just kind of a management thing more than something Chiefs fans need to worry about ahead of Sunday's game against New England. Yeah, it's a lengthy list, but I, I think the ones that I'm concerned about the most would be Isaiah Pacheco and Donovan Smith, just because they did not log any participation in Wednesday's practice and didn't play in, in the previous game. The other two were sick, and Nick had a, a abdomen added to his status, so I I tend to think that that's rest. He was still able to get out on the field yesterday. So I, I feel okay about the other three. I don't think Donovan Smith will play in this game. Um, that's just a feeling that I'm getting. And I, I'm not sure, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. I'm not sure even when he's healthy that he'll earn that, that role back. I think it might be the the rookie's job to lose. The, the biggest injury I'm looking at is Isaiah Pacheco. There had been optimism that maybe he could take the field uh, this week at some point. Uh, I think that the fact that they didn't put him on injured reserve is a good sign. That means they really feel like it's in the two to three game window at least. But uh, I'm not sure it's going to be this week. I said this last night, uh, if you listen to the AP radio replay, but if not, I'll, I'll repeat it here. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco was so important to this team. Uh, and, you know, you look at the outlook for what the Chiefs have ahead of them. There's no other way to say that. But, like these are winning. These are winnable games without Isaiah Pacheco. So, uh, if there's any question about him being 100%, I mean, I I would rather be cautious there. Uh, you know, use that tandem of Clyde and McKinnon, uh, which you can beat the Patriots with. Let's, but you know, let's be real, and then make sure Pacheco is ready for the playoffs. Because I'm not sure, for example, that they can beat the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Baltimore Ravens or who knows, like a resurgent. Pick. You know, they'll need Pacheco for the playoff game and so get him right uh and uh, and uh, attack the, the the patriots with maybe these backups if you need to 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, obviously, this isn't a particularly talented Patriots team, and Isaiah Pacheco is really important, but I think he's it's much more important to make sure he is ready to go for the playoffs than it is that he's available for this matchup against the Patriots. But this is also an interesting matchup, too, that I, I feel like it's going overlooked a little bit here in – you know, the Patriots only have a few wins on the season and their offense is a total disaster, but their defense has actually been playing pretty well and they're, they've been a top 10 run defense all season long. So they're not a team that you can really run the ball on anyways, but they're a team that you can beat in the secondary. So this might be a quiet opportunity for the Chiefs to try to get the passing game going a little bit this week. And it's worth noting that you know, the Patriots last three games, like they or last four games, they've given up 18 points, six points, 10 points, and 10 points. Like, and not not against the greatest competition in the world, Pete, but this Patriots defense isn't anything to just totally overlook this week. No, and I'm not I'm not saying that the Chiefs can show up, get off the bus, not be ready and, and win. Uh, they're just clearly the better team. I mean, how often do we talk about like the quarterback being 51%, you know, maybe even as high as 60%? And I know about the defense, Steve. I know about the run defense. I know about the Chiefs issue. This is Patrick Mahomes versus Bailey Zappi. I understand it's in New England. Uh, I understand the, the Chiefs have not been playing, you know, all that well. I understand now this might really be Bill, Bill Belichick's last few games for the New England Patriots. Let me say it again. Patrick Mahomes versus Bailey Zappi. You need to win this game. And you should win this game, and I expect the Chiefs to, uh, even if maybe it's – uh, you know, as they say, mucked up a little bit. The, the Patriots try to elongate the game. They try to make it a little bit um, tougher with the turn, with trying to force turnovers and whatnot. At the end of the day, Kansas City needs this one. It, it's a no-brainer, and um, and it's a it's a get-right opportunity in my mind, and I, I think they do take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm still feeling confident that the Chiefs are going to go into New England and win this football game. But uh, I didn't realize. Yeah, I was about to say I didn't realize you were such a New England guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I, I'm just pointing out the the red flags uh, ahead of yeah. this one before we just decide the Chiefs are gonna absolutely destroy the Patriots. I think well, it's I a little tougher this. matchup than people realize. Yeah, I will say this to your point, Steve. Um, the Vegas line I believe opened at ten, and the last that I checked, this was um, yesterday evening. I'll, I'll take another look in a second here, but it was down to seven and a half. So you're not the only person that thinks this might be closer um, yeah. to meet today. And and some of that probably has to do with the Chiefs' offensive consistency this season because the Patriots' defense is still solid. It's still a Bill Belichick defense that can give you some problems. Um, and I, I think uh, another important thing to note is that linebacker Drew Tranquil was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. So if, if Nick Bolton is somebody that we need to worry about this week, and obviously that abdomen injury popping up at, immediately after him coming back off of injured reserve, is concerning, but it seems like Drew Tranquil is going to be able to bounce back after missing a game due to a concussion. So it seems like the Chiefs are at least going to have Tranquil back in the lineup this week against the Patriots. Yeah, uh, and it'll be in a different role, right? I mean, we've seen him replace Nick Bolton. Now it, it'll kind of be a compliment to him that you prefer Bol Bolton to be that guy uh, as the mic, getting the, the green dot, calling the plays. But Tranquil's important. Um, we'll see uh, what he'll uh, be able to do. This week's coming off the concussion protocol, but 
the more of those linebackers you have in that room, the better. Um, they've been such a good group, and uh, we haven't really seen them completely healthy for most of the year. You know, one has gone down, one has come up. Uh, and so, you know, we're nearing that. And that's also a good thing ahead of the playoffs, just making sure you have that room um, you know, as healthy as possible. And we also heard from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on Wednesday uh, and, you know, Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast talked about this a little bit. But, you know, everyone is really going out of their way right now. What started out at the beginning of this week, um, you know, with. Uh, kind of Mahomes getting put through the ringer a little bit for his reaction after that loss to the Buffalo Bills. And he's been spent the better part of the week backtracking and kind of apologizing and saying that's not who he wants to be. And that, that's not like what he wants to represent uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs and for the NFL as a whole. And then he also showed a lot of support in his press conference on Wednesday for Kadarius Tony. Same goes for Andy Reid. Same goes for Travis Kelsey. Like, it's not working right now and it hasn't been working for a majority of the season, but it, it, at the very least, this team it seems to be sticking together and trying to support each other and hope they can get some things figured out. Um, obviously, we'd like for them to have figured things out by now at, at this point in the season, this late in the year, but... All we can do is hope that they put something together to try to get a playoff run going in a wide open AFC. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that Mahomes walked back a little bit, I, I was kind of expected. Um, you know, I, I talked about this when we were there on Sunday. I was like, well, this is interesting from Pat. We have never seen him be this upset after a loss and kind of go in on, on the officials and uh, lo and behold, he kind of walked it back, um, especially the midfield conversation with Josh Allen. He noted that he, he talked to Josh and kind of uh, and apologized in one way or another. And I think they talked about how, you know, this was the heat of the battle. And, and I think Allen understood. And, and these two guys are friends. Remember, they were teammates going up against, I believe it was uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the match. So they have a relationship off the field. Two of the best quarterbacks uh, in the game. And so, um, I, I, I think Mahomes and, and, and coming to the podium and, and saying, you know, matters to me of how you know, I present myself. I mean, we all have those moments where maybe you go a little bit too far. Uh, I think a lot of people would say, well, he was right for getting mad. Uh, one of those people was Chris Jones. And Chris Jones, and I wrote this in our newsletter today, really stuck out to me that uh, he liked the fire from Patrick Mahomes. And he said that that energy is contagious. And um, they're going to be really rallying off their leader right now. We have not seen. Uh, Mahomes and company since becoming start of the quarterback, uh, the, the Chiefs, what, uh, six, seven years ago. We have not really seen them lose four out of six games. So this is new territory, like this this amount of failure in the middle of the season. And so it's been interesting to see the frustration of Pat, uh, and he's just been trying to right the ship. Uh, they have four weeks to do that, and I don't know. I just I get the feeling that, that you're going to get one of these uh, outings where it's going to reinstill confidence in uh, the, the fan base. Like, you know, we were talking about the betting angle of this right now. It's down to seven and a half um, points. I feel really good about the chiefs winning by, you know, around a touchdown or even 10 points. So I'm um, surprised that that has kind of come back, even though it is uh, in new England, it's just the, the Patrick Mahomes thing after losses. I mean, I know he lost after a loss last week, but typically that doesn't happen. Uh, and they usually play a lot better. Uh, and they need to right now. I think everybody needs confidence. I think Patrick Mahomes realizes that. The defensive leaders realize that. And so 
I feel pretty good coming off what was uh, an interesting post-game press conference last week. Yeah, it's and you mentioned the struggles this late into the year. And, you know, traditionally, it's not like we haven't seen this team with Patrick Mahomes have struggles before, but it's usually earlier in the season. And by this point in the season, we've got all of our answers and we're looking at them like, okay, this is a Super Bowl caliber team. They just got to get it done in the playoffs. And with, with all the questions moving forward this season, you, you do wonder if last week is kind of that turning point of their year where they can rally around that loss and get some of these mistakes cleaned up. Because I, I do tend to agree with Travis Kelsey and Mahomes and like these games are there for them to win if they can just clean up the mistakes like the offense isn't going to be what it's been in the past this year like I think we can definitively say that but it's the mistakes every single week that this team brings on themselves like it's it's the penalties it's the turnovers like if they can just avoid all of that stuff and get all of that stuff cleaned up here over the last month before we get into the playoffs, like I think we're going to be having a very different conversation four or five weeks from now about this Chiefs team. If they can just put together a run here where they look competent offensively, they don't need to be elite. They just need to stop killing themselves every week. Yeah, I think it's winning four games in a row and, and you know, the the way that you do that is by taking it one at a time. And I, I think Andy Reid will keep them grounded here. Four and zero is so possible. You know, as you go here, I think the toughest matchup they're going to have is the Browning Bengals on New Year's Eve. Um, you know that that has been a a unpleasant surprise in Kansas City that the backup appears to be a starter uh, in the NFL. But I still think that that game's going to be pretty good. Uh, but it's a, just a very winnable stretch, and they need these types of games. They need to win these to reinstill confidence. Um, and I I do think. I mean, we've been saying it all year, so it's it's kind of annoying at this point, I know. But I think you're right. I think it's clean up the mistakes, and the Chiefs usually win. I feel that way in the AFC. You know, if you talk about those NFC teams, that's where I say, uh, you know, if the Chiefs were to get back to a Super Bowl, you know, and they played their best game against the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys, the way they look right now, I think it's still anyone's game. But in the AFC, if the Chiefs play clean, penalties, turnovers, some of these mistakes that they make as far as running the wrong route and drop, if they can just clean up, play clean football, I think they're beating anyone in the AFC. I mean, I still feel that way, uh, despite all of the losses and the lack of success that we've seen lately. Yeah, it's uh, I totally agree. Um, we need to see it first, and I, it feels like the Chiefs need to prove it to themselves. Like, we can get through a game without a turnover. They've got two entire football games on the entire season where they have zero offensive turnovers. That's just not where you want to be this late in the year. And so they've still got plenty of things to figure out, and, and all we can hope is that they do get that stuff figured out before we get into the playoffs. Otherwise, it could be... Uh, uh, otherwise, we could be in for a, a very... Uh, frustrating and upsetting new year in 2024. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, Pete, and uh, if you want to freak out about this, I think this is a safe place to do it. I feel like people didn't freak out about it nearly as much this time as they did last time. But on Wednesday, the Tennessee Titans signed defensive lineman Keandre Coburn from the Chiefs practice squad. He is not a chief again. Last time, it was the end of the world that the Chiefs lost this late round draft pick uh, to the Denver Broncos. He comes back to the practice squad, signs to the Tennessee Titans. And 
it's actually an interesting move because Jeffrey Simmons is banged up right now. So maybe they're worried something's going on with him and they just need some depth there. So Keandre Coburn gets signed to the Titans active roster. He's no longer a Kansas city chief and let the freak out commence. Sween. Yeah. I, I, I think some of our, our brethren in the media might learn their lesson uh, last time with, with this particular player. I, I think the chiefs have set um, this unrealistic expectation. I, me- I mentioned this when the freak out was ongoing in the Coburn release one or whatever you want to call it. Um, they've been really good on day three. I mean, they really have, you know, when you think about the starters they've gotten, like Jerry C comes to mind, um, Trey Smith comes to mind. You know, I know it was sort of different circuit way back now, but Tyree Kill, for example, you know. And, you know, when y- you have a, a player that's drafted in the, the, the day three, the sixth round, uh, I think everyone has assumed in, in a in a unfair precedent that's been set that this player is suddenly going to be the next starter up. And I think what had, had hurt that perspective um, is just that he was a near exact physical comp to Colin Saunders. So I just think Everyone's like, well, they got a new Colin Saunders. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Anyway, uh, lo and behold, uh, a trip to the Broncos, came back on the practice squad. We'll see how long he lasts to the Titans. I, I still don't know if this is the end of Coburn and Kansas City. I think they think he's really raw uh, and someone they need to develop over the next 365 days. Uh, he went to the Broncos for the allotted time uh, and then, you know, was promptly waived. And no one picked him up. And so it could just be a fill-in, Steve, for depth, as you're saying, with Tennessee. But. I wouldn't rule him coming back again, C.J. Spiller style, one day. I mean, this is a player that has been bouncing around, and, and we'll see if he sticks in Tennessee. But it's unrealistic, and, and you sh- we should remember this. is we, I mean, you hope to hit on the day three picks, but it's unrealistic to think that you're just going to go 100% and feel confident about every player you drafted. I mean, this happens around the league every year. Uh, they've just been so good that we expect everyone to be a starter. And the early returns on the Kansas City Chiefs 2023 draft class have been pretty good for the most part. Um, you know, e- even if uh, you're not getting a lot out of your first round pick right now, which seems to be a new topic of conversation, but the Chiefs have so much depth at defensive end. I, I think Felix will be fine down the line once they can get him some more opportunities after the season. And I, I would expect yeah, defensive a, tackle yeah. to be a target for the Chiefs in the upcoming draft. Uh, we don't have to go down a rabbit hole here, but, you know, just as far as the Chiefs general media goes, there's a lot of hindsight tweeters and a hindsight writers of like, well, this pick didn't work. You should have picked this guy who I like. No, Felix can be a project and they'll see about him next year. And they had the depth to, to do that. And, you know, for what it's worth, I think we're always assuming like, hey, the Chiefs wanted to pick Felix here. I mean, if you really dig into the reports, they were looking to trade back and hoping to maybe get him in the middle of the second round or, you know, early in the second round and and have another pick or they were trying to trade up uh, and take another position of need. Uh, I think, you know, when you look back at drafts, everyone just looks at the ultimate result. Oh, you know, they picked, why did they pick Felix who wasn't a day one contributor? Well, they, they were trying to do other moves. They're just such a misconception and, and, um, uh, you know, a, a criticism sometimes I think of the NFL draft looking back, just assuming that team wanted to pick that player in that spot. I mean, they could have wanted to pick three or four or five other players, but they couldn't trade up, which we know. And, and so I don't know. I, I always I always um, kind of you know turn my head at, at some of the, the draft criticism months and months later because no one ever considers like, 
maybe the Chiefs had no other options and this was their best possible option at the time. They couldn't get it. Like my understanding is they couldn't really get a trade back. They didn't want to lose Felix um, and, and get out of a range in which they didn't think they could, they could get him because they liked the prospect. So rather than missing out on him, they, they, they took him and he's become a project and yeah, it hasn't been ultimate contribution year one, but I, I think year two and beyond the, the team is fairly optimistic. Yeah, and he was drafted at a position where they have some of the most depth on their roster. Like, I'm not worried about Felix whatsoever I, I, this season. I didn't expect to have to go on a, a Thursday morning tangent, Steve, <laughs> and put me in that position. I mean, I think uh, the returns on Rasheed Rice, Wanye Morris, and Chamari Connor should be enough for Chiefs fans right now. Like, they got three players who have had an impact this season already in this draft class. Uh Felix will still have an opportunity to have an impact after this season. So I'm not too worried about it. There's a lot of other teams that that draft and develop guys. Uh, that, that happens sometimes. They don't always have an impact right out of the gate. So, yeah, I'm not worried about the Chiefs rookie first round pick. But uh, we'll hear from the coordinators later on this afternoon. So make sure you're on the lookout for that on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow Pete on Twitter at PG Sween. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We will be back tomorrow morning with a live edition uh, ahead of week 15 of the Arrowhead Pride Report. We'll talk to you then. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.